What's up, gifted family? Welcome to another episode of the show that is the GP YouTube. Just a reminder that if you support what we do here, make sure to go over to giftedperformance.com and sign up for our automated coaching service. For only a dollar a day, you'll get access to 15 highly customized training programs, a macronutrient calculator, our meal planning feature that lets you build and save meals based on your macros, as well as access to our private Facebook group. All subscriptions help us in continuing to put out great content to get you to your fitness goals. Thanks for stopping by, and without any further delay, let's get into today's video. Enjoy. We are back on another one. Little athlete diary series. Cam sipping the coffee. I'm gonna interrupt him. Cam, how you doing? Mm. Don't talk with your mouth full. Ah. Disgusting. You're a disgusting human being. And we've got a, another esteemed guest here, the one and only Caroline Biddle. How are you? Good. How are you? I cannot complain whatsoever. So as always with our Athlete Diary series, we're just talking about the coach-athlete relationship within the Gifted Performance family. So Cam coached Caroline in her most recent, very successful, might I add, fat loss phase. Not a road to stage, but just a general fat loss phase. Caroline, ever going to compete? Aspirations? Um, I've thought about it like a lot Previously, right now, I don't think I'm in a spot where I'm looking to do so. I'm never going to say never because that does, it looks alluring to me. But as of right now, not looking to. Yeah, the whole the whole country isn't right now either. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dude, I've been, I try and peer pressure her so much. Like, and she knows too that like, I'm not going to try and push her like unrealistically if uh, she's not in a good spot in life, but I'm always just like, one day, you better, you better let me. I think <laughs> one day it would be a lot of fun, especially with wellness, a thing now, so. Yeah. So let's kind of talk introductions here. Caroline, take me through kind of who you are as like a fitness professional. What do you specialize in? What's your education, certification background, experience? Just kind of walk me through who is Caroline Biddle? Well, um, I got into resistance training and like weightlifting about, I want to say three, four-ish years ago, but I was an athlete my entire life. So I was a gymnast like out of the womb. And then I did competitive cheerleading. So instead of lifting weights, I lifted my friends and it gave me a really great like muscular build. Um, I did struggle with some disordered eating and I went through that for like two, three-ish years. But as I came out of that, I really dove into the gym as a way to become stronger again, not as a place of restriction or punishment and learning how to better myself and building that sense of confidence really changed my life. So that kind of fueled my fire to go into a career path that I'm able to do that for other people as well. Um, I started coaching other girls probably two years ago at this point. And I really love to work with lifestyle clients, girls that were kind of in 
the same field as me that were lost, didn't really know what to do in the gym, didn't really have the greatest relationship with the gym or know how to eat, to feel their body. So I really love to take like essentially where I was and just kind of shepherd them through it. Um, and I absolutely love working with my girls. They're absolutely incredible. Um, I am currently a dietetic student at Life University. I'm studying to be a registered dietitian and I am certified through the ISSA as a personal trainer. Right on. I did not know you were a gymnast. I live with two, well, getting married to a gymnastics coach and live with another one. What level of gymnastics did you get to? I don't think I ended up getting like too, too far. I think it was like going into level five. And then I pulled back because I didn't really love like beam and bars. I really just loved tumbling and vault because I was really, really powerful with my legs. So I got into competition cheerleading because it was just tumbling and that was what I was good at. And then I learned to stunt. We got a level five tumbling specialist over here. Powerful legs. <laughs> You're getting the nods of approval. Hey. Try CrossFit. That's where the gymnastics really comes in. The I've always stands, wanted to. all that stuff. Yeah, I'm sure you would kill it. So kind of when you first started with your resistance training, you mentioned that most of it was geared towards kind of building up strength coming out of gymnastics. Was that your main goal of your resistance training? It was it was really strength focused or was there a hypertrophy focus a little bit on the side? weight loss, fat loss, kind of take me through when you went to the gym every day in your early years, what was the goal? Um, honestly, it was a competitive outlet for me because when you quit sports, you kind of lose your identity. If you've been an athlete your whole life and like movement just feels great. I absolutely love that feeling of the endorphin rush and feeling like I'm doing something for my body. So it was that it was definitely more of a um, hypertrophy phase. I didn't necessarily start like strength training or really chasing PRs for a while, um, especially because I was a female and I was self-taught. I um, taught myself to lift in my basement with my dad's dumbbell rack and a barbell that I would clean over my head and then squat. So I, um, like slowly eased into it. And then I had guidance from like my friends and other coaches to where I could get more advanced with it. But it was definitely more hypertrophy and just doing something that I loved. Cool. And from the other coaches aspect, who were you kind of seeking out information from at that time when you were first learning, where were you learning from? Was it the bodybuilding.com forums? Was it books that you were reading? Maybe it was school. Where were you getting the majority of the, the fitness nutrition kind of information? So um, initially it was self-taught. Like if I was interested in a topic, I would seek out information and just see what I could find on it, whether it be like online or what have you. Um, I really got into fitness because I saw a lot of girls that I would cheerlead with. They started weightlifting and then I kind of like went through the rabbit hole of Instagram and like finding other girls that lift and things like that. So um, that's where I got some information and that's where I found my first coach from. And then once I saw like the changes in myself and my mentality, that's when I went to my personal training certification. But I will say that I had like a decent foundation of knowledge before I went into the certification. So it was more so 
touching on what I had already done. Like I had already taken an anatomy class. I already kind of knew like how to periodize things. And then um, the nutrition came a lot with experience and learning as I went along. Um, Some of it came with a personal training certification. They don't really touch on it very much, but like they tell you what a macro is. And then since then, a lot has come from my dietetics degree. Cool. Right on. So let's kind of do a hypothetical here. And because you talked about kind of how you were self-taught and when we're self-taught, we really make a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. I was also self-taught. I, I screwed up every way possible. When I first started, it was clean eating. It was lifting as heavy as I could. It was all the high intensity interval cardio, all the dumb things that you can do as a bodybuilder when you first start. So let's say day one or very early Caroline Biddle applies to work with you today. What are some big changes that you kind of make to her training routine and her nutrition outlook? If she were to apply with you today, what were some, what were some big boxes that you would change? You can't get all of your flying protein from supplements. Um, you're going to have to, eat. um, you're going to have to lift heavy stuff. Don't be afraid to go into the weight room and like throw some stuff around. Um, were you, uh, were you under the impression at first too? Cause I mean, it's common. We see it all the time with females that lifting heavy, it's going to make you all bulky and everything like that. Were you scared to lift heavy and stuff going into oh, things? I did all of the Pilates body weight for a billion rep workouts, be in the gym for two hours because I needed to reach that stimulus without picking up a weight. I definitely did all of that, but that was more so like beforehand. Then I got into um, like, saw your legs and were like, I'm just meant to be fucking yoked on my lower half. (laughs) I will never have that ballerina body. It will just never happen. Hey, that's okay. Because there's a lot of people also too, that can't have the lower body like you and really wish they could. It's really just learning body acceptance and meeting yourself where you're at honestly and just playing to your strengths because you can always like develop other areas of your body to like do the best that you can with them but like at the end of the day I will never have two thick legs so I just needed to get over the fact that like I will never have a thigh gap and now like looking back I'm like why the heck did I like why did I ever think that because now I just like love my body for who I am and what it does. And just coming to that realization that you are you for a reason um, is really life-changing. For sure. So kind of take me through the next part of your journey, meeting up with Cam. How'd you guys meet? What were the early days like? What would the, what did the application I, process I, look I, like? I, oh God, here we go. I have to start this one because I know Bill's going to leave out information that I'm just going to add that I think is hilarious. So whenever I ended up moving to Kennesaw, I didn't really know a whole lot of people in the area. Um, you know, the whole like fitness crowd or whatever, that was the people that I was interested in being around, being involved with. And uh, I'm pretty sure I saw who she was through like social media or whatever. And I was single at the time and I hit her up and I tried to make <laughs> a move, whatever. And we hung out and stuff. And then we ended up talking afterwards. Cause we were still cool. Like we, even before, like we had hung out and everything, like we, we were just, we just got along well. And then she talked saying like, you know, not what I'm in for. Like I, I would love to just be friends and stuff like that. And I was just like, Oh, I, I read that way wrong got extremely friend zone 
And then ever since then, it's never been like anything weird or anything like that. After we talked about it, like nothing, it wasn't awkward, whatever. And that was two years ago. And ever since then, we've been super tight friends. Like, you know, we've talked about personal stuff all the time. Like, we've been super tight and respectful to one another. And yeah, and I know she would have left that out. <laughs> leave out the juiciness. Caroline, does Cam have his application link in his Tinder profile? Oh, it's like either swipe right or apply to work with me. Oh, <laughs> swipe right or swipe up. I've never, never had any of those sites. Before. I haven't either. So I don't really know how all of those work. <laughs> all right. So Caroline, tell us your version of how the truth of how you and Cam met. What did he say? What were his original pickup lines? Oh, my God. Honestly, like he wasn't a tool at all we just kind of started talking and it was just kind of one of those personality things where we clicked and we could just talk about anything we could talk about nothing um honestly we sent each other a lot of food porn at the time because he was prepping and um <laughs> he would just like text me when he was struggling with like prep and then he was reversing and he's like he would just kind of talk to me like talk through his thoughts and things like that it was just super easy to talk to him and then um like vibes started happening we hung out felt it through and I was like you know dude like this is just not for me but as we move forward like we didn't even skip a beat like we just continued talking and we were still friends and nothing was ever weird after that because we're like both pretty open communicators so um I mean it was fine and I talk about this ever again (laughs) (laughs) we're like okay moving forward but um and that was also a year before I started coaching her I wasn't even I think actually getting into coaching a whole lot at that point yet that was like summer of 2018 and then I actually started coaching her um it was August around August 15th of 2019 Mm -hmm. okay so we kind of went through how you met, the decision of, of hiring Cam as your coach. You had kind of seen how he done did things. You guys were good friends. So kind of walk me through how the experience has been as a whole. Because you do have some experience with other coaches, correct? You have worked with some other people? Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, with Cam, I just knew that we would be a good fit just from being friends for so long. We And as both coaches, we would talk about just different ideologies and the ways that we would go about things. And it was pretty in alignment. Um, He is definitely more on the competitor side. And I'm definitely very much more of a lifestyle coach. So um, there were definite like there were things that he is definitely more rigid about and things that I am not so much with my clients just because we have different demographics and different clientele. But um, I personally needed more of a rigid type of thing because I just had been through the more so lifestyle coaches and I wanted something that was a bit more like of an adherence type thing. So um, it was definitely a lot more structured than any other coach that I'd worked with in the past. Like there was a different level of accountability, which I thought was kind of cool. I'm like type three, very type A. I like to check my boxes. I like my to-do list. I like when I have a structure, that's when I thrive. So um, going through 
a dieting phase with him was honestly pretty seamless because he just told me what to do and like you can just tell me how high to jump and that's what I'll do. So um, I feel like we worked really well and he was really responsive to things that I was telling him. Like if my body was just feeling like it went down the toilet, he would respond and make changes. He also like accommodated my life like when we were going to the Arnold he like planned a whole diet break around it and then the Arnold got canceled so we switched plans but um even for like Valentine's Day he was like all right we're gonna like dig for these two days so you can have a great day that day and um it was rigid but also super flexible so he's very attentive to his clients and their needs which I thought was really cool yeah and uh you know it's one of those things where Maybe not everybody that's gone through a diet with me before has had that level of, you know, me bending and flexing and stuff. And that might come down to whether I feel that we even are in a good spot where I actually can do things like that. Like, for example, we weren't in a contest prep with her. Um, but in other instances, too, you know, she keeps communication really high with me lets me know days in advance when stuff is coming up. I mean, if she would have like vacations or anything planned, this girl would be telling me like a month out, like I'd be checking my phone. She'd be like, Hey, just letting you know, I'm doing blah, blah, blah on this date. And I'm like, wait, that's like five weeks from now. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's kind of cool. But, <laughs> and so, yeah, I think the reason with her, uh, you know, we just finished a dieting phase and like I said, we've talked about competing from time to time and stuff like that. And I know that she's been more on, you know, just a, non as competitive kind of I guess focus and, and strictness to things and with the fact that we've talked about maybe a show potentially in the future this dieting phase was kind of a, a point and I told her all the time I was like I really kind of want to test you here I want to see you know what you're made of what you got and there would be situations where I would be flexible with things and there always be there would also be situations where I'm like you know, like, I'm sorry, like, we, we just got to stick it out here. Like, there's nothing I can do, you know, and tell her kind of weigh out priorities here. It's not a contest prep, but also, you know, is this really going to matter? Like, what, dates down the road, whatever, um, stuff like that. But, yeah, I think it definitely was a challenge for her. Um, but it, it went really well, especially, like I said, planning the diet break, like with the Arnold and stuff. You know, I think that there might have been a situation that might have been more optimal if the arm wasn't there because I don't think we actually needed that diet break. So I kind of had to force one and really push into things. Um, and so I think that, you know, if we didn't have that there, like, you know, maybe things could have gone better. I would have just done things differently. But for what we had to work with and keeping adherence on the forefront, it went really well. And um, I'm happy with it. Carolyn, I'm interested to hear, do you, do you attribute a lot of your attention to detail and kind of the, you say jump and I say how high mentality to your experiences, like as an athlete, as a competitive athlete? For sure. Um, I also am a recovering perfectionist. Um, I definitely hold myself to very high standards, almost like detrimentally so at times. Um, so it's definitely something that I like do for myself and especially as a coach um I would like to have like advance for things if I know that something's coming up just so that I can plan ahead because if like a client tells me two days before that they're 
going on vacation and they need a new training split and this is all the equipment that they have and they don't have a stove. Like my hands are kind of tied if I have two days to like just sit down and grind it all out. Like just as a coach myself, I kind of put myself in the position of like, what would I like? Like what would I really appreciate from my clients? And I try to be that type of client. Um, but also as an athlete, I was like, I just thrive on being told like, do this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay, check my box and I'm done. So I think all of that contributes to it. Yeah. And I, go ahead, Cam. I will say, I will applaud her too with the diet because she lit, she was pretty much perfect with it. Like if I don't think there was really a time ever where, you know, she had a week where she was like, Hey, way over eight. Like, I don't, I don't. <laughs> everything anything like that ever happening like she crushed it you know there were times where she might like complain and be like i'm freaking starving blah blah but like she just gave the feedback and went on with her life there were times too where like another reason i wanted to take this kind of more competitive approach is i wanted to show her situations where and you know i've never looked over like her actual coaching and this isn't me saying that she's never done it before either but you know, I wanted to show her situations where, you know, you can push past this. There's times where, you know, I could let off and we could afford it. And then there's also times where we can't. And I wanted to show her whether if she didn't realize that, if she already knew that, whatever. So she could, you know, teach herself like, you know, I, I pushed myself to a new point this time and I'm fine. I'm OK. Like I have a new level now of what I know I can do. And then also let that translate to her own coaching. So she can talk with clients and be like, you know, like, we just got to push it. You can stick it out. And you're able to look back and be like, you know, I'm not some competitor that's having to go balls to the wall, unrealistic with stuff. But I still had those situations where that was necessary just to grind it out and everything was fine. Caroline, with your mindset being where it is, kind of very attentive to detail, and you mostly working with lifestyle clients that you kind of have to give them a little bit more rope than you would with a competitor, do you ever find yourself frustrated? Like, man, I wish they could kind of just like grasp kind of where I'm at mentally and and run with that instead of constantly giving that leeway. Or is that not really something that, that crosses your mind? I will say that I have definitely gotten better about that. Um, Adaptive coaching um, we are always evolving as coaches um, I know that where I started coaching is definitely not the approach that I take when I start with a client now like if a client comes to me and they don't like they've never downloaded my fitness pal they've never owned a food scale there is no way in heck I'm going to start them tracking macros like I will start with calories and then we'll work up calories protein we'll throw in a fiber goal like you kind of shepherd them through things. So I'm definitely a lot better at meeting people where they're at, um, physically, mentally, what they're ready for. Um, like I do have clients that just aren't at quite that mental state. They really want to work on themselves and be progressing in some certain way, but like maybe tracking to the gram gives them like anxiety. So we just kind of like use cups or we just, make changes according to like what they need. I give um, a lot of my clients, especially in the off season, an untracked meal every week. And we just allocate a certain amount of calories. And I'm like, all right, whatever you want, like, don't be a butthole about it. Go out, have fun. This is how we're going to approach it. Um, I personally am a lot more lax when I am not 
dieting and my food is not a stable spot. Um, so I like to give that leeway as well. Um, but I do have clients that are a lot more attentive to detail. You just have to cater to different personality types, different goals and where they're at in their lives. Um, it doesn't necessarily bother me too, too much anymore, unless the client is just like really not adherent. True. Cam, you hear that? Don't be a butthole. Words to live by. <laughs> Well, I really like the approach that she has with things, too, because, you know, she's dealing with people that aren't competitors, you know, that aren't, you know, taking things to that level that has to be achieved there, where there's more leeway, things are going to be more okay. And she's teaching basic principles, fundamentals, without taking it down to a numbers game. You know, she's teaching it more as you know, something where it's just building common principles, mental, you know, mindset. And you could say like competitors are in that mental mindset too. But realistically, you know, I guarantee you her biofeedback and her her athletes self biofeedback is probably a lot more. They have a lot more awareness than, you know, a typical competitor or something like that. Um, you know, the, like hunger cues, stuff like that. There, There's when it comes to competitors, all they know is, you know, I'm tracking this or I'm following this and they don't know necessarily how to respond based off their body's feedback. They know how to respond based off the coach's feedback. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the way that she does things with just people who aren't looking to get on stage, you know, who aren't, you know, running these compounds that are going to elevate risk for stuff where you probably want to just have everything try and nailed to a T to get the most out of it if you're going to be putting stuff like that in your bodies. Um, you know, I just think that the way that she does things is super neat for that level of clientele, um, and their needs. For sure. I think it's, yeah, it's really good. You're just going back to kind of the basics of, of teaching the skills first. It's, it's the equivalent of, of throwing a 70 page playbook at a, at a pop Warner player. Like, <laughs> here you go, little kid, learn all these plays real quick. And if you don't, it's your fault. Pay me anyway. Well, you, whereas you're starting with the basics of, you know, just teaching the skills of, you know, how do we actually, what's a, what's a, what, what's a good fruit to eat? How much vegetables do I need to eat? What's a lean source of protein? But when you get into coaches that are working with 50, 75, 100 people and they're super stretched on time, they kind of skip all of those just in favor of kind of like streamlining the process and letting some clients kind of slip through the cracks of like, Hey, I never learned how to track this stuff. I had a bad experience with fitness, with weight loss. You know, that's not really for me. I'm just going to give up on that forever. And you've essentially just, you've disenfranchised someone from fitness and their own health for the rest of their life or potentially mm -hmm. for the rest of their life. So we applaud you for, or, or for taking the small steps with people to teach them the basics because it is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, let's, Cam, let's talk, let's talk dieting phase. So let's talk uh, Caroline's previous dieting phase. So she came to you, she started it kind of, what was the goal? Did we have a, a body fat start finish goal, a weight loss goal? Was it a, a physique kind of goal? What were we shooting for at the end? Yes. Yeah, so uh, when we started in August, um, we went into this 16 uh, week long little phase of, yeah, I, I believe she had just finished a diet out. It was pretty long. Um, I'm pretty sure her, hungry, her hunger was pretty high at that point. So, you know, obviously the first thing I wanted to do was bring her to a point of homeostasis, um, just where things, you know, quality of life is going to be better. And slow. we slowly started trying to work out of that, work up food as high as possible. Um, we started around like 125 pounds and got up to about 132-ish. 
um, at the end of that little improvement phase. Um, and yeah, then from there we went into this little intuitive eating phase and then the diet. But if you wanted to talk about that improvement phase, any, uh, you can, or if you had questions, Ryan, either one. So the, the low, the dieting phase, you were, you were dieting yourself or you had, you were working with someone else. Oh, well, Last year, I had two coaches and then myself. So I was working with one coach at the beginning of the year, and we had started a dieting phase. And then I left the coach, and I just kind of continued it on my own. And like I wasn't super into it, and I knew that it wasn't going to be super successful unless I held myself accountable. So I hired another coach. And I feel like I was overdieted at that point because I had started dieting in like January and then my cardio was sky high by like week four. I think I was doing a 45 minute session every single day. It was just a lot. So I had to kind of reverse out of it. And then I started cutting again. So I was kind of in a dieting phase, dieting mindset, at least for until I started working with Cam, which was August. So it was a long, long time. And if you look back, like at my pictures, my body was just inflamed. It looked run down. Like my face was not lively anymore. It was, it was a lot. It was not a fun time, but, um, the, approaches kind of that were taken were a lot more like this is how we're gonna do it and like that's the way it's gonna be whereas with cam he was like all right when we diet do you want to do like more cardio and keep more food in would you prefer for me to take food away and you can be more sedentary which i thought was absolutely awesome of him as a coach because i I'm an online coach and a full-time student, so I don't really get up from my desk very much. So giving me a crazy step goal or giving me 45 minutes of cardio like every single day as a lifestyle cut at the beginning was just a lot for me because I didn't necessarily have the time to allocate to doing that. So he was a lot more adaptive with what I needed personally, which I thought was super cool. And he did push me to a different level with like getting my food a like lower than it's ever been. I mean, that being said, I wasn't doing as much cardio as I was previously, but um, just with my mental state definitely pushed me harder than I've ever been pushed. Yeah. And we, we only dieted for about 12 or the diet was 12 weeks, but with the diet breaks, little refeed windows and stuff like that, we probably only had like a, solid 10 weeks of actual dieting um and really pushing it so what was the outcome of that you had about 10 weeks of dieting how much did you end up stripping off well before we went into the diet we did that intuitively eat that intuitive eating phase um because she was getting a little burned out um and i'd never done that before and so that was super neat um she only gained a pound but yeah we started the diet it was like 12 weeks long and we started around 134 um and we ended at around 122 ish i still wanted i had planned for us to diet for another i think maybe one two weeks something like that um but i think she had kind of reached a mental breaking point she was down 10 percent in total body total body weight loss and that was 
perfectly fine with me and around an area which you know things do start reaching breaking points with athletes and where during just regular lifestyle stuff it's probably not necessary to keep pushing forward um so we planned uh we talked and this had already been planned out from the start of the year to diet from you know this duration to here and then have us some time to reverse and get food up let her make sure that she's not as sensitive to food um, as the summer comes on so she could maintain body weight a little bit easier um, and still have a neat look um, but yeah since we started the reverse diet we're like three weeks in her food has came up activities you know almost all the way pulled down to baseline and she's now just averaged the lowest uh weekly average in weight this week and hit um, some new lows by about a pound and a half from where we finished the diet. So let's actually talk a little bit more about that intuitive eating phase. I think a lot of people talk about intuitive eating now. It sounds very good. It sounds very nice when a coach kind of puts that out into the world and says, oh, all of my clients intuitively eat. But I think a big issue with people is that they intuitively eat and they've intuitively eaten themselves into poor health. So maybe what were kind of some of the rules that you had in place so that you were intuitively eating, but you were still following kind of X, Y, and Z to make sure that you were still working towards your goal? Yeah. So I knew cause, uh, we had been in that improvement phase for 16 weeks at that point. And I knew based off of her feedback from her hunger signals that, it wouldn't it wouldn't be hunger driving her to intuitively eat um she would just kind of be eating based off you know she's been doing this for x amount of time she pretty much kind of knows what these portions look like uh i believe at first um i want to say i don't think we tracked anything at first did we or did you maybe just track protein alone at first um just to kind of get i wanted you i know there was a point where i just had her tracking and weighing only protein um so she could kind of get an idea and mental standpoint too with like protein to consume at each meal around like what it looks like and stuff like that um and then i remember pretty rapidly we were just right into um you know just don't track anything and she did well timeout brief timeout 30 second timeout now that cam has I heard this word on the internet. It's called mansplaining. Now that Cam has mansplained your intuitive eating journey, Caroline, I'd like to hear about your opinion of how intuitive eating went. I was asking her, Cam. <laughs> this? And Cam's like, all right, I got this. I got it. Is that where you got the term? Where did I get it? Married at first sight. Did I get it from that? No, I haven't. Should I watch that show? Is it a good show? Is it a show? Yes, it's absolute trash, but it's fantastic because it's Married just- at first sight. Add it to the list. Gotta watch it. <laughs> it's a must watch. I had never heard of it, but this woman was sitting there talking to her husband that she had just met and just married. And she was like, you just mansplained my whole situation. And I was like, I have never heard that, but that is so accurate. <laughs> the thing is, I'm very hip to the terms, the slang. I'm old, but I know my shit. So, Caroline, your journey through intuitive eating, how did you go about it? And then um, maybe how do you apply it to some of your clients? Yeah. So, um, I personally don't use the term intuitive eating. I use the term mindful eating because I am five foot one. I'm female, but I definitely have the appetite of a six foot four linebacker. Like, I can throw down some food. So, I'm intuitively eating. 
it's going to hit the fan and it's going to hit it hard. So <laughs> I implement more so of mindful eating. And um, I knew that I was at a spot with my food that was pretty high. And um, I was like just sitting above maintenance and I was just, just chilling. So I knew that I wasn't starving all of the time that I think that is the worst time to start intuitive eating. But um, I just was burned out. And I was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. I want to eat when I'm hungry. I want to stop when I'm full. I want to try new foods. Um, I had just turned 21. I was like, I want to have a drink. I don't want to have a drink. And um, I don't really want to like, be nickel and diming myself, especially when I am in a really good spot with um, my body image and my food and just kind of where I was at. Um, like performance was really great. I was hitting PRs. I was feeling good. So um, I just wanted to take a step back. Um, I will say that tracking protein while I was intuitive eating, I think it actually brought my intake a lot higher because um, I do like I eat a lot of vegetables, which do have trace protein, and then a lot of trace protein sources, especially at my, like, body weight with where my protein level is at. It does account for, like, a decent percentage of my protein. So I feel like it actually did, in fact, bring my calories up higher than they would have been. So um, that's kind of why I was more so averse to that. And then also my point was to get away from sticking things on a food scale. Like, I didn't want to be tied to that anymore like I physically did not want to look at a number anymore so um I think full-on intuitive eating like with just eyeballing portions because I do have multiple years of experience um and I did I was an assistant coach for a coach whose whole program was like kind of transitioning girls into intuitive eating so experience with coaching that like I kind of knew how to go about it um but that being said, I don't think that intuitive eating is for everyone, especially if you do not have a baseline of knowledge, because you can't intuitively eat if you don't know what you're doing. So you need to know what a protein is. You need to know what a carb is. You need to know how to fuel yourself for whatever performance, sport, whatever you're doing. Um, you need to have that foundation of knowledge. So I think that's kind of where my coaching like kind of goes because I definitely don't want to coach people for the rest of their lives. I want to give you the foundation so that you can eventually do it on your own later in life. And as a coach with that being the goal, I need to get my feet wet and deep in that so that I can know, like kind of be in it and go through the trenches, even though they're not like deep trenches, but um, just kind of learn that aspect of things. And, um, just with my level of experience and knowledge of food, I think that's why it was so successful. But I think you definitely need a solid foundation before you can transition into it. Because I will honestly say there's not many clients that I would let go and just kind of let intuitively eat because they would either intuitively overeat or they would go right back to where they started, where they came to me eating nothing. So I feel like you definitely need the time and the experience to get there. It's a great point. Yeah, I really I, like that point. Yeah, can't intuitively eat if you have no in intuition to begin with. You can't tell someone who you know thinks Slim Jim and Mountain Dew is an appropriate breakfast that they can just you know intuitively eat their way to health. I can't yeah. intuitively be a rocket engineer because <laughs> I am bad at math, so I can't really go down that route. What were you gonna say, Cam? 
Uh, I'll say I do remember we actually uh, I had her tracking her weight during that intuitively eating phase because the main thing uh, I didn't care if she would have you know gained a little bit but the last thing that I wanted to happen was knowing that we had this diet planned out um, and I didn't want her under eating um, and her dropping and her being in a deficit before we were actually able to go into a diet um, but yeah, I will definitely say at first I was kind of like opposed to it. I was like, intuitively eating, what the heck is this crap? Like, <laughs> and you know, we started talking more about it. I'd never done it with anybody before. And I probably, there might be like three people total that I probably think could actually handle it and do it well. Um, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. If anything, it, you know, it just goes terribly wrong and she's going to be even more motivated for this diet that's coming up. And I was like, best case scenario, we just hold weight and it's probably still going to boost her motivation. And I might learn something from it. And that's exactly what happened. She pretty much held weight. It was a brand new experience for me. Uh, communication got better with things. And yeah, I learned from it. It also does put, like, put you into a position where you really do just have to focus on biofeedback. Um, because with tracking for so long, you do lose connection with like your physiology. You don't really know when you're hungry or when you're full. You just know that this is what I've tracked and this is what's on my plate and this is what I eat. This is what time I eat my pre-workout meal. As soon as I get home, I eat my post-workout meal. You don't really feel the feelings. Like you don't feel what ghrelin does. Like you just kind of go through the motions and um, there's a time and a place for that. I definitely like, I love the structure. I love the rigidity, but I think that taking a time to be more lax about things definitely enhances your motivation and makes you crave said rigidity a lot more um, because you are mentally prepared and you are mentally ready. It's like taking a breath of fresh air before you dive in. So um, I definitely did enjoy that and I would love to experiment like more so with it. Um, but like Cam said, with tracking my weight during it, I like I'm studying to be a dietitian. I really love vegetables. Like I really do. So intuitively without knowledge, I probably would have under eaten and lost weight just because like, that's like the foods that I like, but because I have the baseline knowledge, I knew how to intuitively eat. So you have to have like a solid foundation in order to move forward. And I also like being Cam's guinea pig because we are both coaches. So, um, like we've talked about different methodologies and stuff that we try. And um, I think that it could be really advantageous to keep experimenting with me in that department and potentially see if like a competitor in a deep off season, like a multiple year off season, especially with like natural competitors, um, just to give them a bit of respite and a breath of fresh air and really teach someone how to get really in tune with their bio feedback, even if you're not a coach. So learning like, oh, this is what hunger feels like again. Like, oh, I feel depleted. I probably need some carbs or like my brain is like fogged the crap up. I might need some fats. Like just learning different ways to read your body instead of really focusing on the numerical aspect of it. Because again, type A, love my numbers. I love charts. I love tracking things. But I also think that there is a beauty in really just being in tune with yourself and your body and being a human, which I think is really cool. Coaches, coaching coaches to be better coaches. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. thing. 
But what are some of the, let's kind of go through that. What are some of the biggest takeaways, like as your coaching business continues to grow, what are some of the biggest things you've taken from Cam that you plan on applying or trying out on, on your own guinea pigs, your own clients? Um, I definitely, like I've seen his, his practices and there are certain clients that I have that I know that I can push harder to said level. Um, I he has different ways of tracking different things. So um, usually, especially just with my clientele, I don't like to put a huge emphasis on numbers. Um, if you're not like in a great mental space, like some of my clients don't even weigh themselves. We just go by biofeedback. But some clients really love seeing like weekly averages. Some clients love weighing themselves every day. Some clients like tracking their cardio and calories. Some clients I just give like, times and then estimate calorie expenditure. Um, it really just depends on where their mental state is at. So um, Cam is definitely more of, he is definitely a competition prep coach. And um, I think it's really cool to get experience with that type of coaching coming from someone that was definitely more of like a lifestyle background. So I have learned different practices, different methodologies that I can apply with clients that are mentally there because I will not give a client something that I don't think that they are mentally ready even if your body fat is at a percentage where I think we can enter a dieting phase if I don't think that you are mentally there we will not start a dieting phase because my clientele comes from a background of not having a super great relationship with either food or the gym or your body and we need to get that baseline knowledge self-confidence like self-acceptance, self-love first. So um, I can definitely apply his practices in clients that are more experienced and are looking for something like that, which I think is really cool. I can kind of transition them from the bottom of the pyramid up. You hear that, Cam? You're all the way up the top of the pyramid. <laughs> so just finishing things up here, sending us off. There's going to be some guys and some gals that are watching this that, you know, really want to get their, their fitness and their nutrition off on the right foot. They're just getting started with their journey. Give them kind of your three biggest boxes to check that will get them results from the start. So give them those three big things that they can change in their life to account for 70 to 80% of their results. There is not an optimal approach to fitness if you do not enjoy it. So you need to find what you love and continue doing more of that. So it may be optimal to train specifically periodized for five weeks where four reps in reserve and then you deload at week five and then you continue. That may be optimal. But if you don't like that, that's going to suck for you. So if you want to get your like training, nutrition, whatever started, you need to find what you love and do more of it. Like bodybuilders do not have to eat protein oatmeal. Everyone sees protein oatmeal and they feel like that's healthy, but if you don't enjoy it, you don't have to do it. So be sure that like you don't look at fitness as black and white and you don't look at your nutrition as black and white either because it's not a win-lose situation. There's no black and white because life is a gray area and life is lived in the gray area. You just need to find your sense of balance and the gray area. Number two is build your foundation. You can't build a house on sand. 
like you just can't. So you need to set your foundation straight. You need to learn what a carbohydrate is. You need to know what sources of like what foods give you different nutrients. You need to start eating vegetables. You need to realize that you can't just eat like the same foods every single day without some variety in your diet because overall health is a lot more important than just hitting numbers because especially when we start tracking macros we get wrapped up in what macros are and we forget that healthy eating is also important too so you have to really set your foundation in that aspect and get a solid grasp of just basic training and nutrition knowledge um and then the third is get your mental state right um if you're getting your health and fitness journey started from a place of self-hate or because you don't like things about yourself, you're going to burn out because you're just going to be a smaller version of the same thing that you started with. You have to come from a place that you love yourself and you want to do this for yourself. And it's the same thing with competition prep. You can't do it to lose weight. You can't do it because you don't like the way that you look because you're just going to be small and then you're going to reverse diet and then you're going to feel like absolute crap afterwards because you didn't do it from a place that you wanted to. You can't do it for anyone else. You really have to look into yourself and say, I love this for myself. I want the best for myself. I want to be healthy. I want to play with my kids when I have them and be healthy enough to do it. I don't want to break bones when I'm older and I want to be healthy for that. I want to set a good example for my children. I want to set a good example for my parents parents, whatever it may be, you have to get the mental aspect of it right and figure out what you want. And then everything else will fall into place. God damn, that was some wisdom. I just got some nuclear knowledge bombs <laughs> dropped on me. I wasn't even ready for that. Usually I end episodes with some wisdom, but I, I can't. I physically, I cannot. I'm shook over here. Cam, what do you got? <laughs> do you have a response? I'm sweating. Was a uh, that's a tough act to follow, and I'm not following it. So yeah, we <laughs> refuse. Three things. <laughs> Shit. I plead the fifth. <laughs> Caroline, where can the people find you? You can find me on the gram. My handle is Caroline Little yeah. Fit. Um, just let me know that you follow me. I'd love to connect. I love to talk. I love cats and I love food. So if you like any of those things, we can be friends. Fender cookies. Yes. Oh my gosh. Cookies are my favorite. <laughs> Cam, how about you? Where can they find you? At Cameron underscore cheek on Venmo. On Venmo. Hit your boy up. Well, we I'll talked about this, Venmo. Cam, cash only. And as always, you can find me and voice all of your concerns, literally anything that you're worried about, anything that bothers you in your life, direct message it to me at Thomas underscore Neal. That's T-O-M-A-S underscore N-E-A-L. All of your life problems, send them over. I am not anywhere else. That's the only place you can find me. Go on over to giftedperformance.com. Sign up. Two weeks free. Get your training squared away. Get yourself some macronutrient programming, a meal plan, all that good stuff. We will catch you on the next one. As always, what do we say, Cam? Stay gifted. Yee!